Hi, welcome to True Creeps, where the stories are true and the creeps are real. We'll cover stories from grotesque gore to the possibly plausible paranormal, to horrifying history, to tense and terrible true crime, and everything else that goes bump in the night. We're your hosts, Amanda, and I'm Lindsay, and we want you to join us while we creep. We cover mature topics. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, everybody. Today, we're going to be talking about the Tupacabra, and I'm so excited. Something we've been waiting to talk about. Yes, I definitely thought that when we talked about Chupacabra, there would be other cryptids that we talked about at the same time, because I didn't realize just how much Chupacabra information and content existed. There's a lot. So we're going to have a full episode just on Chupacabra. I think that sounds great. We're going to do it. (laughs) I'm excited. We're going to do it. When I think of cryptids, Chupacabra is one of the ones that like immediately comes to mind, which is kind of interesting because when you compare it to other cryptids that exist, it's relatively fresher, if you will. Yeah. The 1900s are the first time you're hearing about it. Most sightings are like 1990s and on, which I was like, oh, I thought this was way older than that. Same. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're going to talk about sightings, as always, theories. And then there's some like interesting, some of the theories have some interesting other ancillary information that we'll talk about. But first, let's talk about how the chupacabra got its name. So chupacabra is derived from two words, and that's chupar and cabra. So it's to suck and then goat. So it's a goat sucker. And that's because initial reports blame chupacabras for draining the blood of goats and other domesticated animals. And different than other predators, The rest of the animal wasn't consumed. It was just the blood. So that's what was kind of a little strange to people as they were finding these animals. Not surprisingly, in the initial reports, there weren't many specimens found. Over the years, things that people have thought were chupacabras have been found, and we'll talk about that later. But there's been so many sightings. So let's get into what the chupacabra looks like. There's early reports, and then there's later The early reports are pretty similar. It's bipedal, so it stands up straight. It has huge red eyes. And then it looked like a, quote, reptilian kangaroo. I love that. As we were taking notes, I I wrote, this feels like an awfully specific descriptor. What's interesting is that this is not necessarily a unique description for a creature. We'll get into that later, too, of why, like, this particular type of way of describing it may have happened. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I want a shirt that says reptilian kangaroo. What a, I know, I'd be like, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So let's talk about some of the later descriptors. Later, the chupacabra was described as being around five feet or under. So short. But stood on four feet, looked like a dog, only hairless, panther-like with a long snake tongue and red eyes. (laughs) He had an elongated jaw, an oval head, small slit-like mouth. Lindsay's favorite. I don't understand. It's my favorite to be uncomfortable with. I just categorically do not understand why people insist on using the word slit. Like, it's just not necessary. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, yeah. Pointed ears, coarse hair, black hair, but then also hairless. So I don't know. Hair that can change color. Tail with spikes. Now it's just a Pokemon. No tail at all. Three clawed fingered hands. And also, Part insect. These don't sound like the same thing. Like, this sounds like a lot of varied descriptions. It, yeah, yeah, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Which, you know what that makes me think of? What? Ahem. Jersey Devil. <laughs> 
in the time period where Jersey Devil sightings were really prevalent, anything that people saw that was abnormal, they were like, well, that's the Jersey Devil. Clearly. That's the only mystical creature that exists or the only cryptid. So like, I saw a weird thing. It's the Jersey Devil. So like, that's what this makes me think of. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So there's some other characteristics as well. It's been seen at night and in the daytime. People have reported a sulfur-like smell wherever it goes, as other cryptids, right? Some say that they have learned to become undetectable. Interesting. That's a very specific allegation. I want to learn that. How do I learn that? Don't perceive me. No one <laughs> perceive me. And then also, this one's, this one's fun. The spikes or structures on their back can become wings. Convenient. Cool. Convenient. And the chupacabra also is said to live beneath the soil in cave-like structures. And he was previously called El Vampiro de Mocha. So we're going to talk for quite a bit about sightings, but we need to start with the first sighting. And sources vary pretty widely on when this first sighting was. Some say as early as the 1920s or the 1970s, while others say that it was as late as 1995. But I think what's interesting is that when you're looking at pre-1995 reports, it is not standard chupacabra behavior that you were expecting, right? Where you find an animal with puncture wounds that is dead and it doesn't have blood. So... The first, so we're going to kind of, we're going to go chronologically, but we'll point out when we think that it was the real true first Chupacabra report, if you will. So in the 1970s in South Texas, in Rio Grande Valley, cattle were found mutilated and they didn't have any blood left. So it's unclear whether they didn't have blood because they were mutilated and they bled out or whether the blood was drank. And also in the 1970s in Brownsville, Texas, a rancher found one of his bulls dead and they also attributed that to the Chupacabra. The first classic report, as we'll call it, is from Orcovis, Puerto Rico, and it's from March 11th of 1995. And what happened was a farmer found eight of his sheep dead, and they all had either strange marks or puncture holes in their chest, and they'd all been completely drained of blood, which sounds like it would be scary. That is weird. Yeah, we aren't going to touch too much on this, but I think it's important to note that we have animals that we love and are domesticated like our dogs and our cats but they aren't necessarily like i love them they are my family i never want to lose them but there's also animals that are vital to your livelihood and your family's ability to eat and a lot of time those are the animals that are being taken so there's a huge economic toll when there's massive amounts of livestock that are killed yeah and we'll get into really high numbers that would be like economically devastating to an area so most of the sightings that we're going to talk about are in 1995 and 1996, which feels so like stereotypically cryptid, right? Because when we talk about Mothman and Point Pleasant, it kind of centers around a, a short geographic period. Yeah. We aren't going to talk about every single Jupacabra sighting. We're going to talk about some of the ones that we found that we thought were interesting. So other sightings in 1995, most of these were in Puerto Rico, except for one. And we'll point out when we get there. From August to November, there were 35 distinct sightings or reports of dead animals that were attributed to the chupacabra. And so we're going to talk about a few of those. So starting in August in Canavanas, there was 150 animals that were found dead and their deaths were attributed to the chupacabra. Then in total throughout the 90s, 15 more residents of Canavanas shared their sightings publicly. One of those sightings was from a 25-year-old college student named Michael Negron. And when talking about the sighting, he said, I was looking off the balcony one night and I saw it step out of a bright light in the backyard. 
It was three or four feet tall with skin like that of a dinosaur. It had bright red eyes the size of a hen's egg, long fangs, and multicolored spikes down its head and back. That is a new unit of measurement. Okay, very specific. (laughs) Eyes the size of hen's eggs. But doesn't it paint a picture, though? It does. Egg-shaped eyes, which, I mean, that's pretty fucking big. He went on to say that the creature drained their family's goat. So then Madeline Tolentino and a few of her neighbors reported seeing the chupacabra strolling down the street at 3 p.m., middle of the fucking day. Casually. And when people approached it, it scampered away. And she describes the way it ran as like a fantastic speed. So naturally, Madeline sketched it out. And that sketch ran in local newspapers. It's from here that more people start to have sightings and like they kind of start to line up a little bit more with being kind of similar. We'll talk more about like, did that influence what people were seeing or were they treating this like the Jersey Devil where they're like, we've got a weird thing in this area. It's the Chupacabra. So then a few months later in November, dozens of turkeys, goats, dogs, cats, rabbits, cows and horses are found dead and their deaths are also attributed to the Chupacabra. And then in Caguas, some reported that the Chupacabra ripped open a bedroom window, annihilated a teddy bear, and then left, which seems very random. Right? Out of the norm. On its way out, though, it left a bit of slime and a chunk of rancid white meat on the windowsill. Just a little treat for later. Is it a cat now? Like, I don't know about the slime, but like leaving weird shit (laughs) in the window? I don't know. It's bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. The person who saw the chupacabra here said it had hairy arms and that its eyes were red and huge. Perhaps that of the size of a hen's egg. Perhaps. But also like hairy arms makes me like very unsettled because if they're just saying that the arms were hairy, does that mean nothing else was hairy? I mean, everyone else is saying it's hairless, right? But then it has hairy arms. It's like it's got gloves on. <laughs> hairy gloves so another person reported seeing it around 7 a.m in the morning and that it disappeared right in front of them a resident of canavanas said he saw the chupacabra bite his dog after it popped out from a bush in his backyard and the resident said i think it belongs to the monkey family but it isn't a monkey exactly it ran like a monkey and was about four feet tall but it didn't have a tail which again is the whole like other picture Yeah, it has a tail. It doesn't have a tail. Its tail sprouts wings. It doesn't. It can do a lot of things. Okay. So let's move on to December. On the 7th, chickens and cows were found dead and exsanguinated near Guanica, Puerto Rico. Then on the 14th in Naguabo, a farmer looked into his rabbit pen and found that some of his rabbits were missing and others were dead. Upon closer inspection, the farmer found holes in the neck area of the rabbits. They also found a track that had only three toes. And then a few days later in Puerto Rico, several animals were found dead. They had single puncture wounds, so a little different, and had been exsanguinated. Some also reported seeing that one of the animals that was found dead was a cat that had a puncture mark in its skull. So these are like wildly different. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff happening, but is it related? Right. Right. Especially, are these next few the same or just terrible fucking shit happening? Then on the 21st, around 3 a.m. near Juanica, Puerto Rico, Osvaldo Clado Rosado, who was 44 years old, was grabbed from behind while he was washing his car. He started trying to fight off the attacker, 
And during the scuffle, he reports seeing a black haired gorilla that was roughly five feet tall. Rosado had cuts on his abdomen that appeared to be from either claws or fingernails. So it's just like attacking everything then. Yeah, it's like anything that attacks anyone is starting to be lumped into this like chupacabra sighting situation. Yeah. And like a gorilla has hair kind of all over versus being hairless. So it's just very different. Also on the 21st in Flammoth Falls, Oregon. So different place. A pregnant heifer was found dead and mutilated. Her right ear had been cut from her head. Her tongue was cut lengthwise and all four of her teats were removed. And her rectum and vagina were cut out. Like literally what the fuck? Right? There was no blood near any of the incisions or near the heifer at all. So that's very strange. And I don't know what the fuck would do that to this poor animal. Or why? Again, why? And it's when we get to this type of report that one theory in particular makes me go, like, fucking maybe. Because, like, I hope that humans aren't doing this. Right, right. And then a few days later on the 26th, in the early morning hours in Torresillas, Baja, Puerto Rico... A woman reported hearing strange noises in her house. Her dog was barking, and she found her cat had been killed. The cat's genitals were removed. She also found that two of her hens had their throats slit. There were also ducks and rabbits found dead in their cages. And that's that's really bizarre that they'd still be inside their cages, right? Had something opened it? Yes. I don't know. Whatever this is sucks. Right, like these like last few really fucked me up. Like I'm like, what? What? Yeah, yeah. And then on that same day in San Germán, Puerto Rico, eleven goats were found exsanguinated. That's a lot. So like if it was the same creature though, moving around to all these places, especially like the same day or in like a couple days, just seems not possible. Unless there's multiple of them. If this was a singular creature, This is a lot of traveling. Even the Blair Witch does not travel this much, right? Like, she's, like, going here and there, but not everywhere. And, like, she has this beautiful travel journal, you know what I mean? Like, she's, like, going just a couple places, taking photos, having a moment. Hint, hint. But, like, the Chupacabra is fucking around. It's going everywhere. And back and forth. It's the back and forth that gets me, too, right? I don't know. It's too many. So, like, are there multiples? Is it one? If there was multiples for them to survive, wouldn't there need to be a lot of them for their species to continue on? And wouldn't we have seen them? Well, that and then also we're saying Puerto Rico, right? And then we're going to Oregon, which are very different climates. I mean, I'm thinking, obviously, like, these are two very separate types of deaths for these animals, too. So I don't think that they're the exact same thing that did all of these, obviously, because they're also different and then they look different, too. Same. But I'm just thinking, like, if they are saying this is the chupacabra that did it in these two areas, whether there's only one or there's multiple, those are entirely different climates. So if it can, like, flourish in one, I highly doubt it would be okay in the other. Unless in addition to its hair changing color, it could, like, change its hair length. Like, maybe it's bald. Now it has long hair. Just, like, at will. I guess. And then, like, traveling back and yeah, back and forth, too, just doesn't make a lot of sense. Teleports. Oh, okay. I mean, maybe. <laughs> adding new lore you know sure yeah so okay now we've finished 1995 that was all in one year which feels like a lot so let's move to 1996 on january 4th in michigan eight one-week-old calves were found frozen and dead like it's michigan though 
in January. They had also been skinned. Okay. That's where it gets weird. You know, they're frozen because it's January. That's not weird. But for them to have completely been frozen through, they would have had to have been dead for like a minute. That's kind of weird. It depends on the temperature. But so they were also skinned? Feels fucking weird. That does feel weird and very different. Yes. Then three days later, also in Michigan, a one-week-old calf was found dead and mutilated, and it also had its right ear removed. Plus, the entire skull was removed. That's very strange. Weird. So, in 1996, there was a concentration of sightings in Miami. So, we're going to pause in our 1996 coverage and talk about just the Miami sightings of that year. So, in March, 69 animals were found over two people's yards in Sweetwater, which is in South Miami. And there were goats, ducks, geese, chicken. That's a lot. That's a lot of animals to be strewn about two yards. The local police and a local zoologist were adamant that it was a large dog. But, like... I've never heard of dogs being mass murderers. So yes to like ducks and geese. I don't know about goats. That's pretty big, right? For the birds. So like I live in an area where we have horse property very close. And a lot of those people have ducks, geese, chickens, all kinds of stuff. And there is a dog that frequently gets out of his yard and he completely takes out their flock. So everyone really dislikes this dog's owner. They blame the dog. I don't. I think it's the owner being bad. But it has taken out a shit ton of animals in one night. I mean, okay. Okay. I see the the birds, but I don't see like a bunch of goats too. Because that would just take a long time if there's, yeah, 69 animals. Again, if it was mainly ducks, geese, and chickens, perhaps. I would also point out that the information that we found said two yards, right? It didn't say property. And when I think yard, I think residential, not necessarily farm. If this was happening in your backyard, you would fucking hear it. Like if it was a dog. So the local zoologist is Ron McGill. And he said that the puncture wounds resembled dog canine punctures. And that he tried to tell local residents this, but they were not willing to entertain big dog theory. So the zoologist also pointed out that the animals were not exsanguinated. And so basically what he did was like he took a knife and he cut one of the carotid arteries of one of the animals that was already dead and blood spilled out. So if they were exsanguinated, that obviously wouldn't have happened. They found dog hair on the scene and that there was a space under the fence where the dirt had been dug up like a dog had crawled underneath. He also pointed out that the animals weren't eaten because dogs, quote, kill for fun. Again, I was like, what? But from your story, okay. I just like, I guess I don't think of like wild dogs, you know what I mean? Or dogs that are like doing that. That they have a high prey drive. It is very possible. That's interesting. Some of these things, I'm like, that's not a big dog. Like a big dog didn't surgically remove a cow rectum, you know, like, no. Right, right. Per McGill, he said that the media attention expanded after an elderly woman recounted seeing the creature stand on its hind legs and glared her with red eyes. She also said that it had massive arms and was hunched over when it stood. So in the area, when another woman had said she had seen it, there began to be more and more public outcry for there to be like an official police inquest. And even the county commissioner was like, someone needs to look into the chupacabra, which again, scary generally. But also if you're thinking of the economic loss here, like figure out what's killing these animals because something is. Right, right. 
around Miami, a farmer found six different animals on his farm completely exsanguinated. So another woman, also in South Florida, said that she saw two creatures fly down from the sky and kill her animals. She said that they had large black eyes, massive wings, and thorn-like features on its tail, and that it also had like, a hook on the end of its tail. She said the creatures snatched her animals up and drained their blood. How fucking scary is that? I would be freaking the fuck out. I'd be fighting some weird creature. I don't know. Like, I think that I would just be, like, shocked, right? Because, like, the way that she describes it is that they kind of, like, dove down. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, goodness. You know what's sad? In this area, because, you know, fucking hell, we have large enough birds that can pick up the puppy. Yes, you've told me that, and that scares me. So we have to be very careful when we take him outside because shit might come down, swoop down, and eat him. Have you seen the collars that have like the coyote proof collars? Yes. <laughs> the big spikes. Yes. And they're like, it's like, it's basically like the same kind of things that you see people put on mailboxes so birds don't land on them. Yes. But it's in a collar. And like, I was watching a TikTok of somebody who like put their dog down and it was like looking at her like, I fucking hate this. And she's like, the birds will pick you up. And it was like a tiny little chihuahua. And I was like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, you are a little snack. Those birds will chomp on you. And so you're welcome for your mom saving your life. Yeah, yeah. So then in Northwest Miami, 24 chickens and two goats were found exsanguinated, and they each had two small incisions near their necks. Also in Miami, a man reported finding his chickens dead, again, inside their cage. And then in yet another instance, 46 animals were found dead within their pens. It's a lot. That's a lot. Especially for like a short amount of time, right? If they're like, oh, a week went by, but like in one night, that is a lot. Yeah. So on May 2nd in Rio Grande Valley in South Texas, a person found their pet goat dead and it had three puncture wounds. Another goat was found dead with puncture wounds as well. And whereas Mexico, people were seeing a creature attacking small mammals and the creature is described as having three toes on hand and feet arms that were chest level, kind of like a kangaroo, spikes or feathers along its spine. Also, you know, it glowed. A casual glowing. (laughs) Right? I'm like, okay. And then it also ran on all fours. And it had a tube that comes from its mouth to suck the blood. Cool, 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 cool. Great. Nightmares. Just nightmares. Yeah. Now, on May 3rd, There are reports of seven different places in Mexico where chupacabra were sighted and where livestock or smaller mammals were found dead. And then a little bit later on the 9th, the Espinosa family reported that when they opened their front door, they saw a three to four foot tall creature and it was standing, just chilling there, with scaly skin, red eyes, and a row of spikes from its spine. And then also it mumbled and gestured at them. Like what? Like you're next? I do not like that. What the fuck? It makes me think of someone like being like, mm. like, like they're annoyed. Like, what are you looking at? <laughs> why are you here? The mumbling and gesturing to me, I don't know why, but it seems like it is displeased with them. And the idea that they open their front door, this creature is standing there and then it's annoyed that they are there looking at it and perceiving it. Right. Right. Like it put itself there. <laughs> right. I just wish that uh, back then there was the ring cameras. You and me fucking both. I want to know what mumbled and gestured means. That could mean so many things. Same. Same. 
And I sent Lindsay a picture, what, like a week or two ago of a really weird ring still that we got from our camera of a demon. If you do have a really interesting ring story, we clearly want to hear about it. You fucking know we do. (laughs) So back to Chupacabra. On May 12th, 28 dead rams were found with puncture marks in Chiapas, Mexico. And those are pretty big. Yeah. So that's frightening. And they have the horns so they could fight, theoretically. Yeah. And normally, too, the one thing that I don't get is a lot of these livestock herds typically have some sort of large dog or something to guard them. Do they at night, too? Most of the time, yeah. At least like where we are up north, a lot of them will have like an Anatolian shepherd or something like that that kind of watches the herd. But we're like, we don't see anything about dogs in this, that a dog was barking or a dog got hurt. Or I mean, I never want a dog to get hurt, but you know, like anything about them. When it's like the large amounts are like, it was a whole bunch of like small mammals. There's not a ton of those, but I feel like for the most part, it truly is livestock. Right. So let's move on to some more recent sightings. In 2014, a couple in Radcliffe, Texas, said that they captured the chupacabra in a cage. Brave. Love that. They cared for the creature while they verified what the creature was. But weirdly, we couldn't find any more information on these people and their weird creature. So that makes me think that like, it is what we're going to talk about in a second. Because I feel like If I caught a mythical creature, told everyone, and then it was not that, I wouldn't be, like, publicizing how wrong I was. (laughs) I'd be like, genius, forget about that. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Then in 2016, a woman told the Cochrane County Game Warden that she had seen the Chupacabra on FM 597. Sure. Okay, okay. When the Game Warden went to check it out, they found a dead coyote that had mange. Which is very sad. We get those around here sometimes. Yeah. There are other instances where folks have reported seeing a chupacabra and ended up being a dog, a coyote, or a mix of the two, and usually with mange. A representative from the Texas Parks and Wildlife District shared that game wardens get multiple calls every year from people reporting that they saw a chupacabra running across their yard. And again, typically it's a coyote with mange. Which is sad. So sad. I just want to keep them. I know they don't want to be kept, but they're very cute. All coyotes are cute. When you look at pictures of chupacabra, quote unquote, that are very clearly dog-coyote, dog-coyote hybrids with mange, Mm -hmm. they are still very cute. TikTok has many a video where a person's like, I captured a chupacabra video. And it's like, no, that's that's an animal with mange. Like, you can look at it and see that. Like, that looks like a dog. Like a sick dog, but a dog. Right. It needs help. In 2009, Dr. Robert Bradley was asked to analyze a chupacabra body that was found in LaGrange, Texas. Dr. Bradley is the director and curator of mammals at the Natural Science Research Laboratory at Texas Tech. He said that in his initial examination of the creature, he could discern that it was a coyote because of its teeth and its lower jaw. He still, just in case, ran tests, but it only showed that it was a coyote with mange. I think generally that at least some of the cryptids that exist in the world are animals that we haven't discovered yet or an animal that we've discovered in a form that we have not seen it in. Yes. So to be like, well, it looked like a coyote. It's like, yes, people kept saying it looked like a coyote. Like that was that was agreed. So like it's not altogether surprising that it might have a jaw structure and teeth that's similar. I think that what they were finding was coyotes with mange. 
But I guess my point is just, it could be that there's a similar creature. Yeah, yeah. There's tons of different things that look very similar that even scientists have a hard time of saying like, oh, that's this particular one because it's so similar to another one without doing tests and figuring stuff out. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about mange. And the creatures that are spotted are hairless because of the mange. And because they're hairless, they dehydrate more easily. So their skin gets darker and it kind of shrinks. This also makes their snouts, teeth, and claws appear more prominent. Again, just so sad. I want to save them all. Especially because they look scary and, like, people are less likely to save them, you know? And, like, Mm -hmm. if they are sick, they're likely in a desperate state, so they probably aren't kind either. It's just sad. It's just very sad. Yeah. Yeah. And it's speculated that they were attacking livestock because they were too ill from the mange to hunt their typical prey. Which, again, makes sense. Yeah. And what mange is, is it's a type of parasitic mite. I think almost any, like, furred animal can get, if I remember right. I would just point out that these dogs and or coyotes that are too ill to hunt their typical prey are likely not surgically removing cow rectums and vaginas. Yeah. And they'd be eating pieces. There's something more than one, right? Like, they wouldn't just be like, I'm thirsty, right? Yeah. So... I think that what's interesting is that there's chupacabra sightings and there's chupacabra attributed deaths. And there's, with the exception of that one person who saw like the hooked tails creatures fly down, for the most part, people are not seeing chupacabras eating. They're seeing what has happened theoretically or the creature. And the people who are describing the dog-like creatures are not the people who are seeing it person who saw one in the act of eating did not describe a dog-like creature exactly exactly they're they're describing some other fucked up thing (laughs) with like a tube yeah so in 2021 someone called the clark's river national wildlife reserve in kentucky and told one of the employees stacy hayden quote i'm not sure if anyone has reported it yet but i found the chupacabra it's on the side of the highway dead so hayden's like let's go check this out as one would. And right, when Hayden went to investigate, they found that it was just a fox with mange. So we're seeing a pattern here. Yeah, I'm always fascinated by where people's brains go by default. The idea that you see a creature dead on the side of the road that looks strange and you go, "Mm, that's a chupacabra. Foxes aren't that big. They're relatively small. Most chupacabra sightings and descriptions are way bigger than a fox, like twice the size. Agreed. Especially if a sick fox would be even tinier. Yeah, at least every fox I've ever seen, they're pretty tiny. They're not giant. So during the height of the sightings, folks were trying to find the chupacabra, clearly. Jose Kimo Soto was the mayor of a town in Puerto Rico, Canavanes, where there were 100 animals allegedly killed by the chupacabra. So on a popular Spanish language talk show called Christina, Soto told viewers, whatever it is, It's highly intelligent. Today, it is attacking animals, but tomorrow, it may attack people. Gasp. That would freak me the fuck out. That's terrifying. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, uh, what is it? So Soto used to be a police detective. And in Conavanis, people called him Chemo Jones, like Indiana Jones. And he would use goats in cages as bait to try to catch the chupacabra in his weekly monster hunts. That poor goat. Get like a fake goat. I think it might know the difference between a goat and a fake goat, even though it killed that fucking teddy bear. You know what I mean? Like, maybe it doesn't. Right, right. I mean, put a teddy bear in there then. Come on. 
So volunteers in Soto would search the area surrounding the town to see if they could find the chupacabra. We're also going to talk about another group in a little bit that also looked for the chupacabra. There's several of these groups out there. So we're going to move into some theories. But first, I just want to bring up a quick little conspiracy here. Some believe that both the U.S. government and the Puerto Rican government have captured at least two chupacabras. If the government has found cryptids or mythical creatures or aliens, like they're not going to fucking tell us. So I'm not I wouldn't be surprised by this, you know? Well, they're kind of telling us some things now. Yeah, like now, but not right when things are happening, right? It's decades later after there's fucking whistleblowers and they're like in front of like congressional panels and shit. And like, by the way, I don't know if anybody else watched the whistleblower fucking congressional hearings, but when I tell you I have not had a fucking decent night's rest since, I fucking mean it. Because the (laughs) shit they were saying, I was like, I'm sorry, what? And I saw zero fucking news stations talking about what they actually said, which blew my fucking mind because I was like, this guy literally just said that they have spacecrafts. This man is a fucking like commander, colonel, something very important up and is describing fucking aircrafts. Another guy's like, yeah, people, I know people who were like hurt because someone, quote, quote, was trying to keep UFOs a secret. Blew my fucking mind. She's all over the place. I'm I'm moving my hands a lot because like that shit fucks me up. Aliens really really scare me. I was like, oh okay, cool, 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 cool. I mean, I literally like I was like, okay, it's uh, it's my lunch break. Like I'm gonna watch this thing and like I pause it and I like called my dad and I called Ben and I called my brother and I was like, I'm really stressed out. Like let me tell you what they just said. And I'm like sending people clips of it. I'm like I'm fucked up. Are you fucked up? Are we worried? Are we stressed? And no one seems to give. Like I mean, there's so many things on fire that like what are we gonna <laughs> do about aliens? Like just another fucking thing. But I mean, you can hear it in my voice that I'm like. <sighs> I've been holding that in for a minute. I was just like, obviously, like, obviously, 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 like, we're not the only ones here. Yeah, I mean, so like, it wasn't like a big. It's not that I thought that we were the only ones here. It's that when someone tells you the thing you're afraid of is real for Scherzies, you're like, I wish I could have just like had a little bit of like joyful doubt. I guess. I guess. So what you're saying then is like in like 10 years, are we going to have a big thing about chupacabras? And they will be like, yes, we do have them. They're in a facility. Maybe. <laughs> I feel like they're just a different new animal, though. So like when they discover a new animal, it's normally like, there's this thing. It kind of sucks because of this or it's cool because of this. See it on Animal Planet. I think that if this particular creature existed, like an amalgamation of characteristics that we have never seen together before. And I do think that that would not be the average, like, look, we found another type of like, green parrot, you know, like, it would be a little bit different. The the thing that you were terrified, by the way, that exists in the world. There's a large population of them. Green parrot enthusiasts are gonna be real pissed at you. They're like, (laughs) that is a different fucking parrot. It is. But my point is, it's not shocking. And it's not going to like, make people lose sleep at night in the same way that like, oh, hey, this blood sucking creature that's been killing all the animals around you. By the way, that definitely exists. And if they've caught two, that means there's at least two. And if it's a new animal, it means that there's enough of that animal for them to continue to exist. Can I just say all I was thinking about is how they're gonna be like, this fucked up creature exists. 
here's what it doesn't like. It doesn't like the smell of cinnamon or eucalyptus. So just, you know, get your essential oils and make that little mist. What are you talking about? (laughs) Because, all right, maybe you don't have fucked up creatures like we do. So we have snakes, right? We have Uh scorpions. We have all kinds of shit. And every time I'm scrolling and it's like, oh, I got scorpions. All you need to do is mix these seven essential oils with some water and some like, I don't know, Dawn and spray it on the outside of your home and you won't have that issue anymore. Okay. Do you not have that there? Is that not a thing there? One, our algorithms are very different. And two, you live in a hellscape where your like dissociation <laughs> time doesn't get to be like cute shopping and fun stories. It's like, how do you stay alive? <laughs> how do you fucking stay alive using things that are around you already? <laughs> Found object survival story for like suburban people. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but that's what I was thinking. I was they're gonna be like, here's what it is. Or you know what? The thing that's getting me is the fucking tube to suck the blood. That's fucking weird. See, that's what get, that's what's getting you. Not the fucking cow rectum vagina removal. That's what's getting you. It's the drinking tube. <laughs> well, no, they haven't seen them do that though. So like, they don't know what did that. That could have been like a fucked up person. People are more fucked <sighs> up than animals. So can I tell you when I heard about the tube where I went was Snallygaster. Like maybe that's what's hanging from its mouth is blood sucking tubes. Not a not an octopus. <laughs> No blood sucking tubes, many of them. That's why that's how it does so many at a time. What if what if they already told us about it? What if it was the alien thing? That's the two they have. Dude, dude, we're gonna we're gonna get into aliens in a fucking second. I'm just saying, we already know. They're here. Conspiracy. Maybe they have them. Maybe they don't. Who could know? So some believe that it's half vampire, half beast creature. Which like fucking obviously. Some believe it is literally what people say it is. <laughs> I mean, okay, yeah, that's a theory. Another theory, big fucking bats. Why not? Sure. Why not big fucking bats? But also, like, again, variant of an animal we've already seen. Wouldn't be the most outlandish theory. Just a different green parrot. I mean, everybody knows that there's already a variant of a green parrot that has a tube-like mouth structure that drinks blood. It's the classic Magnansky parrot, you know? (laughs) Sure, sure. But big fucking bat. So in December of 1995, when the reports were really just starting, a tabloid named Vaquero suggested that a giant vampire bat had gotten to Puerto Rico by stowing away on cargo ships from South America. So it's just like, let me travel, suck some blood. I like an origin story. I also would like to point out that Dracula lore also includes him stowing away on a ship. That is true. Also, all I'm thinking of is what we do in the shadows. But another theory is that the chupacabra is an escaped military research animal. And this one I think is interesting. Many Puerto Ricans think that the chupacabra escaped from a secret lab in the wildlife refuge named El Junque during Hurricane Hugo in 1989. So it's like, I'm done here. I'm going to escape. I'm going to go kill lots of shit and then go up to Oregon, hang out, come back. Leave again. Come back. Yeah. (laughs) It travels a lot. Just can't figure out like where home is, you know? Right, right. Others believe that it is the, I need you to say it, Jersey Devil. And we all know he travels. I kind of like this though, right? Again, it reminds me of Jersey Devil in that people are all like, 
lumping anything that could even remotely be in this box to the chupacabra, right? But also, does this mean that people are calling out of work chupacabra? Well, no, because it's the Jersey Devil. So they're like, sorry, can't come in, Jersey Devil. And then your employer should be like, if they're following the rules, obviously, I get it. Stay safe. Stay home. But if this is a situation in Puerto Rico, they don't have the Jersey Devil. They have the chupacabra. So can they say like, I can't come to work right now. There's a chupacabra. I mean, yeah. Okay, fair. Absolutely. All right. It's people's safety, Lindsay. It sounds like you're not taking it seriously. Also, I would point out, though, that what sucks is that these people are like on farms where they literally where they work and they don't get to call out Chupacabra because they are their own employer. I don't know. Someone needs to fix that system somehow. Agreed. So other theories include cult behavior, which like weird sacrifices of animals and cutting off various weird parts. Maybe, but we haven't found that cult yet. Well, also like exsanguination, blood is used in some rituals and animal sacrifice is used in some rituals for things. I could see some of that. Yeah, but not these specifics. Yeah. But I don't think the degree. Yes, yes. And I would also imagine that if you were hurting animals for cult-like behavior, you wouldn't leave the animal. Like you would just take it with you. Agreed. All right. So another theory, this one's interesting too. The U.S. government was testing on Puerto Rican people. And there's a history of this. Fucked. And like, I mean, I could see why you would think like, okay, did they test on a person? And this was a person. And this is what happened. Or are they testing on animals? And one of them got out. And this is what it's done. Or are they testing to see like what we would do if XYZ happened? I can understand why they might go there. For sure. Yeah. So this one uh, is a little different. Some think that the early witnesses were influenced by the monster in the movie Species that came out that same year. And like the cover is something. Yeah, like I could see like in those early reports where we're talking about like a lizard kangaroo, it looks like a lizard kangaroo and it has like talon claws. Yeah, yeah. Lizard kangaroo. Benjamin Radford, who wrote Tracking Chupacabra, spoke with Madeline Tolentino, an eyewitness we talked about at the beginning of the episode, and he asked her whether she had been influenced by the film. And Madeline told Radford that she had seen the movie a few weeks before the sighting. Hmm. It's very interesting. Like, your mind can play some tricks on you. Yeah. And we've talked about that before. For sure. Yeah. If that's the monster that you've seen most recently, I could see how you might see this creature through that lens. Right, right. Radford thinks that later sightings are not as credible because they were described with Madeline's sketch in mind. And he also points out that the odds that she would see a creature that looks spot on from the monster in Species just weeks after seeing it would be very low. When people are talking about, okay, could this exist? Some of the things that they point out are like, okay, if this was a species where more than one creature exists, where clearly that would need to be the case for these things to be true, then there would need to be at least hundreds of them for the species to survive. And if that was the case, you would have photos, more drawings, you would find fossils, right? Like you would find bones, you would find a lot more. Yes, correct. That we haven't found. So... The most interesting and my favorite theory for what the chupacabra is, is that some people think that it is either an alien or an alien's pet. I love that. 
Yes. I find it interesting that a lot of cryptids, when it isn't like a big version of another animal, we go alien, right? Like Loveland Frogman. People aren't like, that's an alien, typically. They're like, that's a big frogman. But like this, I'm like, okay, this has a bunch of features that we do not see together, typically, in a fucking weird tube mouth, maybe. Okay, yes, perhaps an alien. But the reason why people think that this is an alien or an alien's pet is because there was a lot of alien and UFO activity reported in Puerto Rico during this time. And in our research, we found this, like, report written by a team of people who went to Puerto Rico to study the alien sightings and occurrences and chupacabra in relation to it. It was in February of 1996, and there were 13 researchers from the U.S. and Scotland. And again, they went there to learn more about the sightings. Joyce Murphy was the co-director of the expedition with Mark Davenport, and she wrote about their experience in a publication that they had called Beyond Boundaries. When I tell you... I became mildly obsessed with Joyce. I truly did. Out of the blue, I was like, Amanda, if this is not my obituary one day, I do not fucking <laughs> want it. She looked like a fun lady. She seemed like an amazing human. And like, if I could have found more information about her, I literally would have been like, Amanda, we're doing an episode on Joyce. She is so fucking cool. So she was born like, I want to believe in like the 1930s. And she had a family, a professional career. She also went alien hunting in the world to learn about aliens. She did this like more than once. And she had this publication that she was a part of. And I was like, fucking wow. I mean, just... Joyce. Amazing. (laughs) Our idol. But anyway, look, she is my idol now. So when they got to Puerto Rico, a UFO researcher and publisher of Evidence Omni, Jorge Martin, along with his co-publisher, Marlene Martin, briefed the group their first night and basically on like what was going on and what people had seen. On the second night, they met with people from Cabo Rojo and they also scheduled interviews that evening with people who had had sightings, who they were seeing then, or were going to see later during their trip. When I was telling you, I'm reading this, I'm getting fucking chills. Like, I was like, ugh, ugh. So one of the first interviews they did was with a family that had had several encounters with, quote, various beings. I'm already unnerved. The matriarch of the family, we don't have a name for her, so we will call her the matriarch, which, I mean, amazing, right? But Joyce recounts that the matriarch of the family they were interviewing gave members of the expedition gifts that, quote, aliens told the matriarch that we would have need for okay okay i read that and i was like what that doesn't mean like i don't understand like what they're trying to tell me here yeah and then they gave two examples the first was one of the people before they had met the matriarch had lost their sunglasses so the matriarch's like oh here you go Stuart. here's a pair of sunglasses you need these right there's no reason for her to know this yeah they also happen to look exactly the fucking same as the ones he lost Weird. Okay. Then the matriarch's like, oh, uh, Mark, you're going to go ahead and need some magnets. So she gives him a set of magnets. Later on, they use those magnets to illustrate and like map a magnetic field. How the fuck would she know that? Fucking weird. Fucking weird, right? I mean, like, huh. So then a person who Joyce describes as well-educated and credible, who was a resident of Laguna Cartagena, told the group about UFO events that had recently occurred near the lake. So there were reports of an aircraft descending and ascending from the water, and locals believed that there was an underwater opening to a tunnel that ran diagonally across Puerto Rico. One member of the expedition, Anne, searched the lake by swimming and snorkeling, and 
she found that there was an area that wasn't covered by silt on the bottom, which was pretty fucking weird, and that it was covered by lilies. So it was obstructed, like you couldn't see it if you were looking down. That's strange. Mm-hmm. And they believe that that's where the opening to the tunnel was. So in another area, Combate Beach, there was also another portal suspected. And a previous expedition called a, quote, redshift effect, but they couldn't find a similar effect this time, which is apparently a Doppler effect. But this time they couldn't get it again. This next part, I cannot understand why this would be the case. A rock that was close by to where they had had that redshift effect, where they were searching again, there was a rock near it that was magnetic. And the family that we mentioned earlier with the matriarch, members of the family were fishing near that rock. And when they were, they were transported 20 years in the past for a brief period of time in the same location. Oh, that's that's really weird. That's really fucking weird. And then so, for whatever reason, comes back to present because they're in the same physical place, right? So moves back to present. When they get home, they find chips of that particular rock on the floor and they start moving on their own. Do you have chills? How did they know that they were 20 years in the past? So I couldn't find more on that, but I would assume it was because like the way that the lake would be built up or like the way it would have looked. Interesting. Because there was a dock that had been built at one point. So I'm assuming that the dock wasn't there. That makes sense. So the group also met with a woman who had frequent contact with the, quote, beings. And to protect her identity, they gave her a different name, which was Sally. And like fucking buckle in. Because Sally's experience is fucking wild. She claims that when she was seven months pregnant with twins, one of her twin boys was taken by aliens in utero. She said that since then, she and her husband have been able to visit their son on the alien craft regularly, and that he has a good relationship with both his natural parents and his alien parents. And so, like, we're pausing, we're pausing, we're taking it in. What? What? <laughs> what? So, like, can you imagine me, like, chupacabra research, and then I fucking stumble upon this, and I'm like, <laughs> tell me fucking everything, please. So Sally says that she can contact the aliens at any time. And at one point, her father was dying of abdominal cancer. And he was literally on his deathbed, like about to die, like very advanced. And she asked the aliens to heal him. Per Sally, that night, they posed as doctors, came to the hospital, and she observed them treating him in ways that seemed completely foreign. Like it was not like anything she'd ever seen. The next morning, he was completely fine. And later, his physician ran tests and he's, you know, met with his oncologist and he was completely cancer free. That's really cool. That's really fucking cool. I mean, you have to give them one of your children, I guess, to get this relationship. But so Mark had a gas meter on him that when they went into Sally's living room, it immediately started going off, which like spoiler alert, it's a magnetic fucking area. So that's why it's going off. Mark used the magnets that the matriarch had provided him to determine the boundaries of the magnetic field that was in the room. And it was like a perfect octagon in the center of her living room floor. They told Sally this and she was like, oh, yeah, that's where the aliens like materialize and dematerialize. Like they come and talk to me. And I was like, no big deal. MBD. Okay. Moving on from Sally, the group speculated that where that portal may have been under the lilies may have been directly beneath a large surveillance blimp that was called an aerostat. And there tended to be more sightings and experiences with aliens closer to the blimp. 
And they did an overnight watch on a hillside where there had been an abundance of UFO sightings, but they didn't see anything. So, like, there's a lot of fucking alien activity, right? And there's the reason why they came was because there was just so much. So when you're thinking of this, okay, I can definitely see what people would be like. Perhaps chupacabras are aliens. Alien pet. Or alien pets, <laughs> one of the two. And so it's not surprising that if this is a theory that's going around, this expedition would want to talk to people about the chupacabras as well. Right. That makes sense. So while the group was in town, Jose Kimo Soto met with them to discuss the chupacabras. Murphy said that they interviewed several people who had seen the chupacabra, one of which was a, quote, machete-wielding lady. And she took them to a place where she had personally seen the chupacabra multiple times. Perhaps it's home. Mm -hmm. They found hair that was relatively coarse, and it still had skin attached. They also found unusually shaped excrement. Samples of both were taken for testing. And at the conclusion of their expedition, the group planned to return with more sophisticated equipment to explore the multidimensional portals. Excellent plan. No big deal. Excellent plan. They also planned on trapping the chupacabra without hurting it so that they could observe and study him. Okay, that's interesting. And we fell down a big rabbit hole trying to learn more about Joyce Murphy, who wrote this report. And... As Lindsay said before, she was just the most impressive human. And at one point, she even reported seeing six small gray aliens huddled under a bed. And the homeowner ended up shooing them out of the house with a broom. Can I just tell you what I see in my head is like Cinderella and people are shooing like the little like tailor mice out, but they're gray aliens. Like that's yeah the vibe that I that I see that entire. They're like, you don't belong here. Just go, go, go. Yeah. But also, like, that sounds very sad. Like, six little aliens, like, huddled under a bed. That sounds like they're scared. Right? Yeah. But you would be terrified of them. Oh, screaming like you've never heard a person scream before. <laughs> These poor little aliens. I mean, I wouldn't need the broom. They'd be like, we got to get out of this crazy lady's house. <laughs> I feel like your cats would eat them. No. No? I don't think they would. No. My cats wouldn't eat them, but they'd kill them and then play with their bodies. Oh, God. I think mine would be like what are you? And we'll like turn their heads a lot, maybe bat bap them, but I don't think that they would like go for blood. Oh no, Loki's like from a horror movie when he finds things. Ugh. Well, he's in Arizona. He simply must protect you. Yeah, he is. He is. So unfortunately, we couldn't find any text of any of the other Beyond Boundary publications. So we couldn't find the results of the samples that they collected. And I wonder if there's a reason for that. I would say part of the reason is that it was an extremely obscure publication. But also, who knows what it had in it? And so I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast, but one of my dad's professions is that he sells like rare collectible books. And my also my dad is also like a sci-fi guy, right? So like this would have piqued his interest in this time period, right? And so I was like, have you ever heard of this publication? And he was like, no, let me do some research. And like then he like went looking for it. And he's like, you really can't find it in a lot of places. Because like when I was looking too, like I could see it like three places, but you could never find all of the editions of it. Right, right. And I was like, hmm. And that was one of the reasons why I went looking for Joyce, because I was like, maybe we could reach out to her. Because in one place I saw an email and I was about to lose my fucking mind and be like, oh my God, I'm going to email Joyce. Because I'm like fangirling over her. And then I was like, oh. And then I was like, well, she would be older. So then I like looked for her obituary to see if it existed and like a beautifully written obituary. Right. So sad. How cool would it have been to actually like email back and forth with her? Just pick her brain for a minute. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, like, there exists on the internet 
email conversations between her and other people talking. And I think that like Joyce would have loved the way the world exists to be able to disseminate information. Like, I don't know her, but like, considering that she was like, I want people to know about these fucking things. Like, I think she would have been like, fuck yeah, like, let me tell you everything. I think so, too. So back to this. A Princeton.edu subsite said that they tested a sample that was collected from an instance where a police officer shot a possible chupacabra. And they said it was not a match for any, quote, earthly organism. You know, I don't like it. (laughs) Her face is just like, this is horrible. So as part of our research, we watched the Chupa movie on Netflix, which is about a chupacabra. We made it about three minutes in before I was like, <sighs> and, I, and I, I think I made Ben pause. I was like, tell me how many minutes we're in. <laughs> and he was like, three. I think I've talked about this before that I can't watch animal movies, like lighthearted animal movies or sad animal movies. I am mentally unwell when this happens. Like, I can't watch Homeward Bound. When I say I cry, I mean like I hyperventilate and I'm like shaking crying. Well, that was fucked up. That's why all of us are fucked up, is that's the type of movies we were told to watch as children. Yes. Marley and Me? Oh my god, absolutely fucking not. The movie Hachi? Have you ever seen that? I refuse. No, I know the story of Hachi. No. It's so sweet. It's so kind. Oh my god. The way that I cried. Does the dog die.com is what I have to check. Yeah, but they're not going to tell you if the chupacabra dies, because the chupacabra is very cute in this. Does the chupacabra die.com? Well, they do any, like, they do animal deaths in general. Oh, this is not an ad for doesthedogdie.com. But if they are listening and want to be our advertisers, they could because we do talk about you a lot. We do. We do. But also, it is a children's movie. So, like, typically in children's movies, it's not. But, yeah, like, is this film? No. Is it worth watching simply for the CGI Chupacabra? I think yes. It's very cute. It's a movie to like watch while you're on your phone. You want something in the background where you don't have to necessarily be like tuned in for like the symbolism, you know? Very cute. But I was like, this is the Chupacabra content I will absorb. I would like to watch a cute version of it. It is in there, but no one's voted on it yet. Oh. Well, see, what's hard is that there are farm animals because that makes sense, but you don't see it. Well, yeah, they they ask, like, are animals abused? Does the dog die? Does an animal die? Like, there's many different things. Well, I mean, like, there is an American who, shockingly, is awful in it. And you're like, I was like, I might Mm -hmm. join this movie and punch him in the throat. (laughs) That's fair. He deserves it. The creature is the cutest little thing. It looks like, like, a... Oh, my gosh. Cat bird? I don't know. Kind of. He kind of looks like how griffins are portrayed a little bit. But incredibly fucking cute. Okay, so Amanda. Yes. Do you think the chupacabra exists? I think there's a creature that we don't know what it is, perhaps. But I think these like animal murders are something else. Or at least like what they're seeing, I think they're skewed a little bit. And for how horrific some of them seem to be killed, I feel like that's so different from like a lot of the other variations that it's not all the same creature. So like, is there a creature that we don't know that might be killing farm life? Probably. But I don't think it's responsible for all of these. I think some people are also responsible for some of it. What about you? Okay, so I think that there are multiple different creatures here. I think that we have too many varied accounts of what they look like and too many varied accounts of 
how the bodies are found for this to be one creature. It's too different. It's too different. And I think that there are at least three distinct creatures. I mean, that could be, yeah. Minimum. I mean, especially because the things that are happening up in Oregon, I don't think there's a chupacabra. Like, that's something else. Whatever's happening in Michigan, that's not chupacabra. Now, Miami, Puerto Rico. Yes, I think I think that these are comparable things, but I'm not convinced that all of the instances are the same. And I'm certainly not convinced that the reports that are before 1995 are chupacabras because they seem too far off. Yeah. And they're just too different. And I think that there's a creature that is exsanguinating livestock. There is something that is killing things in pens. There's whatever's doing those weird fucking incision things. Like, that's something else entirely. That's why I think that's a weird-ass human. Maybe it's the same thing as the pens, but that's a whole different fucking thing. No, I like, it could be a weird-ass human, but I guess my thing is, like... I don't know, actual, I was going to say, like, take it with you. I was like, but a cow is really fucking big. But, like, I'm not going to ask the question because I don't even want to know. I don't want to know why they need it. You know, like, I don't want to know why they need those pieces. The thing, though, that kind of did strike me a little strange was, like, the multiple instances of the right ear being removed. That was weird to me. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's also that you have a 50-50 shot if they're trying to grab at something. Okay. My other point is that I think that whatever is draining the blood is not a dog with mange i think people are seeing dogs with mange and saying those are chupacabras and that's like one issue and that chupacabras do not fucking look like a dog with mange but people are like this would make sense and i'm like no these are two separate things i don't even think that that creature could do these things because the way those creatures look even in desperation is not like i could kill a cow i could kill a fucking ram like a nine thousand rams yeah i agree and then also just Going back to like all of the animals, right, where they're saying they were drained of blood, just because I don't trust people very much, I wonder if that is true. Like, did they just not see a bloody outcome and they're like, they drained the blood? Or did they find the puncture marks and be like, oh, that's what it was doing. There's puncture marks. Maybe they were just, Mm -hmm. you know, emphasizing a strange fact that wasn't always true. That makes sense. If you had a dog that bit right in the right place, that one bite could have those puncture marks where you see them up top and maybe you don't see the other side of the jaw, right? Like, cause it's like laying on its side and you're going like, oh, those puncture marks, it must have drank its blood. And maybe it wasn't completely exsanguinated. Right. Maybe like, maybe there was some blood missing or maybe they just saw puncture marks and went, oop, chupacabra. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. They saw the puncture marks and they're like, oop, must be that. Yeah. Which feels fair, right? If you're seeing this incredible amount of dead animals, like, I don't think I would want to think this is an ordinary thing that could happen. I think that I would go to the fantastic as well. Well, just because you don't want it to be like something that's going to happen over and over again. You want it to be like a one-off crazy, yeah, fantastic thing. I think so. That would be a common thing people could get to. It wouldn't be surprising. But as always, we want to know what you think. We're out of spooky season, but we're always spooky. But we are in our final month for 2023. So we have just a few episodes left for this year. And then we won't have any episodes for December, but we'll see you in 2024. But we're not done yet. Few more. Few more. Few more. And we just announced who won our contest. So we'll be speaking with you soon. Yeah, if we haven't already. If we haven't already. Right. By the time this comes out. But anyways, congratulations to whoever won. We don't know yet. We're we're still in the past. Congratulations, giveaway winner. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Well, with that, 
Have a great weekend. Thanks for creeping with us. Thanks for listening. And as always, a special thank you to our patrons who support us via Patreon. Please see the link in our show notes to learn more about how you, yes, you, can begin to haunt the dump, guard vortexes, or even become a scorching Sasquatch. Also in our show notes, you can find the link to our website, more information on our sources, our social media handles, and our merch store. We'd love for you to keep creeping with us. So if you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and share the show with your fellow creeps and or ghosts. I beg of you. <laughs> Let's talk about some of the theories of what they might be. Clearly, what some think is that it's a half vampire, half beach. Beach. <laughs> Beach. Beach. <laughs> it's a beach girl. <laughs> yeah. It wears like a, a little tiny bikini. <laughs> and it and it has like um <laughs> now a Stanley full of goat blood. Some that, stickers. Like, drinks on the beach. <laughs> but it use it uses its weird little like it doesn't have a straw, it puts its tube in the Stanley directly. <laughs> I like I like that we both decided that it like has a spiral tongue <laughs> and a curly straw. It had a crazy it, it like not only did it use that tube as a straw, but it made its tongue a not tongue tube. It made its tube a crazy straw. We both started like <laughs> motioning as like a spiral. Like I don't know why we did that. That's so specific. It's got a little wide brim hat because that's clearly what it's doing, right? <laughs> yeah, straw hat. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I need to stop. Okay, so we've talked about the conspiracy. Maybe the government has to, maybe they don't. Let's get into some theories. Some believe that it's a half <laughs> I can't because all I'm thinking of is a spiral. You almost Sorry. said it again, didn't you? <laughs> now you're thinking <laughs> I think of the whole image. You know what I mean? Like it's just a different green parrot. <laughs> Everyone, Amanda. Everyone knows there's already a green animal. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm fucking it up, but I'm going to say it eventually, and I'm excited for what I'm going to say. Amanda, everybody knows that there's already a variant of green. I keep saying panda. Amanda, everybody knows that there's already a variant of a green parrot that has a tube-like mouth structure that drinks blood. It's a classic Magnansky parrot, you know. I sent Lindsay a picture, what, like a week or two ago of a really weird ring still that we got from our camera of a demon slash bird. <laughs> I I love weird like ring camera footage. Like I have that like if you have a ring, there's like a, a, a section of the app that's like neighbors. Yes. People were like, I saw someone on my porch and I'm like, well let's find out who they are. Like I am fucking like on that. I'm like, okay. It's like I creep myself out because it's like creepers locally. Yes, yes, for people like trying to open doors at like four in the morning. No, this one, uh, my husband woke up early for I think a call or something. And when I woke up, he's like, I've been waiting for you to wake up so we could look at this together. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he's like, there was a demon at our door this morning. And I was like, wait, first off, you're, you're waiting. If there's like something weird at our door, like, shouldn't we already be in the process of figuring out what the fuck was at our door? Not like, there's a demon casually like i waited for you amanda he wanted you to be a part of this and see like in my head i'm like like i was like oh i love this he was like a couple bonding moment i woke up i saw a demon i let you rest because you needed your rest and now i've just been waiting standing like i've just been staring at you while you were sleeping willing you to wake the fuck up because there's a demon and we need to face this together 
Yeah. But I mean, looking at the still, because like, you know, your phone shows you a still and it's like, there's something at your door. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that is. But once reviewing the video, it was hilarious. One of the most interesting ring footage things that I've seen locally is that a person was like parked in someone's driveway, like backed in like it was their home, casual, like opened the trunk of their car, casually walked up and then just started putting like the furniture on their porch in their car in broad daylight. Oh my gosh. People are like walking down the street and like driving past. Life is existing and they're just like, I'm going to take this. And the person comes out and goes, what the fuck are you doing? And the person's like, ah! And like the person like chases them down and like takes the other, like the first chair out of their car. And the guy's like, oh, and like gets in his car and drives away. And I'm like, can you imagine just like the audacity you would have to have to in broad daylight park in someone in front of someone's house and just be like, I'm going to take this. You obviously can't see the ring itself in the video, but from where like the vantage point of it, it doesn't look like it was hidden. It's like right there. Yeah, most of them are. I think that's the point. Not only do they do all that, but they also could see the ring camera and they were like, don't care. <laughs> They're like, I just really like these chairs. Yeah, like, like you can see my license plate. You can see my face. You can see all of it. But no worries. This chair was worth it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah hilarious we get a few of those here and there or like people going to the wrong house because they're like trashed and trying to get in and being like oh gosh yeah oh sorry and then they like stumble away and the people are like oh my god they tried to break in i mean that would scare me though like i think i would freak the fuck out oh yeah for sure for sure and it could definitely be like a act too just so they don't get caught but anyways i would assume that yeah well back back to chupacabra from ring which if you do have a really interesting ring story we clearly want to hear about it you fucking know we do <laughs> oh shit oh yeah i already did this <laughs> i was like it's right there it was on another line i'm sorry okay okay that scream was hallie but she's fine they don't know why she screamed but she screamed she had feelings 